Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Racers and Rental Cars Podcast, where we talk everything motorsports marketing related, the ins and the outs, the do's and the don'ts, the turning lefts, going straights, the rumors and the gossips. We are here to entertain you in the world of motorsports. So Cameron Frey and I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for rating, review, subscribe, telling 10 of your closest friends, and let's get into this week's episode. What's up, West Coast Cam? Hi, Don. How's it going? I don't know. Do I sound like my dog died? <laughs> you do every other day, so I mean, why, what's another day? Hey, you sound a hey, little more look. chipper. You sound like you have a little bit more hitch in your giddy up today. Diane well, we'll must see put the smackdown on you today. Is that what it is? Well, let's hopefully see that we have a better episode for our production side of the house our personality side of the house and hopefully our informational side of the house because it sounds like the last two weeks we struck out a big o for three yeah we apologize to anybody that had to listen to the last two weeks shenanigans we did have a little bit of a production snafu with the sound bites so we apologize for if it sounded pretty much like shit so um we're here to fix it and make it better for you and everyone else with that being said, so tell me something, Don. Tell me something cool, something exciting, something really, really relevant within the world of NHRA, motorsports, NASCAR, Supercross, da 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 da, marketing extraordinaire that you are. Go. You just you just rattled off a bunch of blah 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 blah. Is what I I think everybody probably just heard. But uh-huh. nonetheless, Cam, let's get going with this week's episode as I have to apologize that we sounded like complete nutter doo-doo and my dog did not die for those of you that sent emails in to hate mail at racers and rental cars to see if that's why I sounded so down. And I did also update. get, I didn't tell you, sorry to, sorry to interrupt, but I did also get an email at hate mail at racers and rental cars.com that said, I just wanted to actually see if this was a real freaking email. <laughs> We appreciate their support as well. Of course it is. Duh. Not a bunch of liars around here. I mean, it does happen. It happens, it happens, it happens. For sure. Without a shadow of a doubt. Nope. Well, let's get going right now. Kick it off this week's episode. And I, we have to go out on a limb and say, first and foremost, we are going to talk about shocker the most controversial topic that's going around in the social media world of motorsports right now and that is nhra and their appeals program or process or i guess in this case their lack of for any competition discrepancies that may or may not have taken place during an event and uh so uh This week, we were, fingers crossed, that we were going to have the flag-carrying spokesperson for such such argument that's been taking place in social media that I don't think I've opened up my social media feed uh, one time in the last five days that I've not seen an article with comments from Scott Woodruff. And if you don't know who Scott Woodruff is... He is the director of motorsports and marketing for Jags. And Scott, after the, let's just say, 
uh, circus show at Worldwide Technology Raceway Park that transpired during the last national event during the second round of Pro Stock has been campaigning diligently that one, first and foremost, we should have an appeals process for competition issues within NHRA. And two, that because of what NHRA was built and organized for, safety and racing, he is campaigning and wanting NHRA to basically pick up and start the second round of Pro Stock over at Dallas this weekend. And as we record here Wednesday, we were hoping that Scott was going to be on the show and we were going to get to hear the political campaign pitch all 100% in his words. However, logistically speaking, we could not pull that off. So, Cam, I guess you and I will uh, pick sides here and kind of have at it. I think I already know what side of the fence you're going to be on. And and I'm pretty sure most people listening are going to know what side of the fence I'm going to be on. But uh, (sighs) go ahead there, and we'll see if we can have a better debate than we've watched uh, during the presidential and vice presidential debates over the past few weeks. Uh, excuse and, uh, me, Don. Um, not ma- not many people can see this, but you you have a fly on your forehead. Ah, do I? Let me get that off. <laughs> <It's> a- <laughs> so what what am I debating? Like what what do you want my opinion on? Should they or should they not continue the race at a different track, or should they or should they not continue the race from said round that got completed for two drivers? What do we, well, what, do, let, what do you want to know? Let me yeah, let me paint the picture <clears throat> for you. Uh, yes, so, chalk it up, tee it up. So there were second round started. Obviously, uh, NHRA Pro Stock competitors got through the first round uh, with a Kenny Delco rollover and and a few shutoff passes, if you will, and went into the second round of competition and actually had two pair go down the racetrack at the the end of the second pair. NHRA pulled the plug on NHRA Pro Stock cars and sent them back to the trailer and said, hey, we'll run you at a later date. And at that point... Because why? Because at that point... All right, now so now we're going to go in another direction. <laughs> now, I need to I know why so I can express my opinion. So, so the quote-unquote <laughs> phrase was... Cold racetrack conditions and wind. Okay? Okay. So we had a, let's say, tailwind at St. Louis, which we did. Um, This is where I'm going to kind of... It's hard at this point for me to say without 100% shadow of a doubt that the track temperatures had zero to do with it, okay? And the reason why I can say that is that twenty fast forward 24 hours later, on Monday, we were on the racetrack racing and completing the sportsman portion of the show, and we had zero issues. Now, that it's not like we had significant track uh, 
or weather condition changes. All right. It's not like we jumped up 10 degrees of ambient air temperature. Um, what did we have different on Monday from Sunday? We had somebody else in their process prepping the racetrack. Okay. That's, that's after the fact, right? So like the argument, right? Or if you want to say justification or, or matters of circumstance, that is after the initial decision on Sunday to pull the plug on the pro stock guys. Now, NHRA says that once a round is started and whatever is completed, it's completed. And I get that. I also understand where spokesperson Scott, Scott Woodruff is saying, look, you gave us an unsafe racetrack to try to race on. So yeah, but they do that. Never mind. I'll, I'll wait. Keep going. Therefore, we should have Proceed. <laughs> a round. The round should have a do-over because you stopped us in the middle of the round based off of racetrack conditions and safety. Is this right, golf there, I now? Painted, I, I, painted, <laughs> I painted the picture for you. Pick your side. Grab okay. your horse. Grab your reins. Ride off. <clears throat> okay, now with this, with this being said, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't watch any of the races, <laughs> so I have no idea who won pro stock. I, I did watch the races, but I did not watch pro stock. I'd have to get the cliff notes from my wife to see who was still in in pro stock. But so with that being said, I, I have no biased opinion in regards to who won the round versus in this situation. So I'm going to go with the reason I'm going to go this way is because I race in Las Vegas a lot, or have. And what are the two things that Las Vegas has major issues with? Wind, track temp. Now, mind you, is it wind and track temp when it's a professional category? No. But usually, in a sportsman world, at said Vegas, uh, they usually crash about two to three cars, and then they decide that it's an unsafe racing surface. And then they cancel it for the night, and then they go on to the next day. Now, does that mean that they rerun said cars that were upside down and slammed into the wall, or the people that ran just before them and almost did the same thing and had to lift? No, because it's the driver's responsibility if they don't feel comfortable with the track that they've been given, the skinny pedal on the right can be lifted off of. The rules do not state that it says they'll do their best that they possibly can to have a safe racing conditions and surface. Now, if you don't feel comfortable as a driver going down what they feel is that because everyone has their own opinion, should you go down the track? That's up to the driver, right? And if you can't get down the track, you can't get down the track. Because in theory... What they're looking at is it's the same playing field for everyone. It's the same shitty track for everyone. Now, is one lane better than the other? Should have had lane choice is what they're going to say. <laughs> so, wait, I have to say... Wait, wait, no, oh, stop. The round what? didn't get completed. No, my friend. 
we're not we're not looking back. You 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 painted a picture that every sportsman guy go, "Yep, that's right. We completed the round. We're not getting any do overs." No, 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 no. No, we no. we we, I we didn't pulled say we the completed plug. the round. Oh yeah, you did. You did. You, no, no I didn't. you just say you well, said it, that the, the round with two people. Like if yeah, they yeah. If two guys go down the track, somebody wins and loses, right? Whether they lifted or crashed mm-hmm. or whatever the hell happened, I, that round and is you complete. Said, or those two and drivers. You said, and you said that everybody had the same racetrack to navigate. Now, no. The next, what would that be? Four pair? No, wait a minute. Eight, four. So you got well, you had first yeah, round, you had eight pair. I got to do the math. The next two pair, the next two pair have a completely different racetrack to I, race on because they're going to be I in agree Dallas. with that too. But those, okay. two, those two drivers don't have the same conditions now should it be ran at a different track that's that's a different question should the should the people that already went down the track get a do-over and i think that's the biggest issue with this i'm guessing they when wanted they one wanted, lane the what it was one lane okay well i again should have had lane choice right well okay how did they determine lane choice because didn't they not run qualifying? Or no, they ran they, first they, round. This was second round, right? Yeah. So there was lane choice. Okay. So, mm, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to win that. I don't think well, pro and I don't think – no, and I, and I don't think they're going to win either. I think the biggest for me is the side of the fact that we do not have an appeals process. The only, the only thing that's going to win on this is publicity for pro stock. Because people are talking about it. Well, and and you know what? The one thing that could hurt you a little bit too is that you're the big flag carrying person. Um, you know, he's uh, what's the name of that company that he works for? Um, uh, yeah, Jags. Uh, so <laughs> it, you know. Yeah, I, but I, I mean, mean, even even in his defense, I mean, I'm not speaking for him, but. I'm sure he's upset because it, I'm assuming that it affected his said drivers and, you know, they do a lot of stuff in pro stock and that's fine. But I can't imagine, I mean, I very well could be wrong, so don't quote me, but they're going to end all of everything that they do just over something like this. I don't really see that happening. They're smarter business yeah. people than that. Will yeah, it piss them off? Not. Yeah. And they're going to try to use it as leverage later. And they're, are they going to threaten that they're going to pull out of doing all this nah. stuff? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they might do that. They may say, "Hey, NH, you know," but will they? No, they're they're better business people than that, and and I have a feeling that NHRA knows that. So I, I don't think anything's going to happen. They're going to say continue it on the second, the rest of second round in Dallas. But the question I have is: Are they going to give? Is it in Q one, or are they going to give them a run? They get one qualifier. And oh yeah, then I don't see a problem with that. See, I have another problem with that. Why? So, I, I, I mean, again, okay, you had two pair go down an unsafe racetrack and one lane of said unsafe racetrack had both drivers lift in the same area. And one of them being probably one of the best in the game to get down a racetrack. Being, I being don't Mr. doubt Coughlin, that, but if, that, if the track if they deemed the track that bad why did they run top sportsman top dragster no i don't know we didn't have top sportsman there and then remember oh, okay. they pulled the plug on that and ran top dragster and what did we do in the first after they, they crashed the car yeah 
So well, there you go. So I, I, that's what I'm saying. As far as an organizational standpoint goes, you don't have the best best facts to you know to just I guess you could say argue your case from that standpoint because there was a post on social media today. And I hope that everybody will go back and read it because it was kind of cool to have an actual track owner stand up and say, guys, it wasn't my racetrack. It was the people prepping my racetrack. And Chris See, that's Blair the there's too that. many problems. There's too many things. That's, there's too many things that is, oh, well, he said this and this is because of this. And this guy doesn't like this, this traction compound or that. That's why I'm saying that in insurance, there's no way that they're going to go back on on no, this and maybe not. that's probably why they don't have an appeals process because there's really <laughs> nothing to appeal because <laughs> they're never no, they going to change their, they're never going right, to change they're their not going to change and, their mind yeah and at that point no. they could st- they can stand back and say it's our sandbox guys if you don't like it go bracket race yeah i i'm i'm sorry i'm i'm out here on i can make arguments on both sides but what i will make an argument for is that Look, there was a guy that came in Monday morning at 4 a.m., went to work on a racetrack with colder temperatures, and we went right down it in the same exact lane that everybody else had problems with on Sunday. And the only thing that changed was the guy and the process. And so, so you mean to tell me this all stems from one guy that doesn't know how to prep a track? Is that what you're saying for pro stock? So now are we going to have a pro stock track specialist going to all the tracks? It has Maybe they to should do, look into it, that. It has to do, and if you know this, it has to do with how the prep goes down past the thousand different. foot I do to the that. quarter, and and yes. that's and and I mean. There is a difference. I mean, okay, yeah, we probably could, on door cars, we probably could change and go from a three-quarter inch wicker bill to an inch. That, I mean, of course, that's going to put more downforce in the car. But you can't just go out and spray glue on a racetrack and not do something else to it to get it to activate and, and prep a lane. And hasn't this been a fight for a long time with it has the been. Stock guys? It's, and it's I mean, and I do know fight. that the that the fuel guys or us as fuel guys or whatever, um, it does all the clutch dust does affect the, the track prep. So whether you're in the front or the back, I mean, that's just common knowledge. I mean, anybody that races super comp or any super categories, it's, you know, the always the joke around here on the West coast is, Oh, the track's shitty super comp to the lanes. So, right. You know, and you just deal with it, right? Is it marginal at best sometimes? Yes, it is. And but we all make the decision to take the tree. Well, I and I don't disagree I, from that. I mean, it's it's a point of view and it's a perspective to have. I think the biggest one of the biggest things is the reason why I think there should be situations <laughs> like that because there there's ownership in it. And that's, you know, if you go to a, if you go to a Saturday night dirt track they they can go out there in between hot laps and they can change the way the racetrack is if if it, the if the you know if the groove or the line is not coming in the way they should or whatever the case is they get a chance to move that around and try to get it right in drag racing there's not a a, a chance to get you know we're going to get a do over here 
And you can't just go and say, well, guys, I mean, if nothing just else. Just call up Crossno and hit him up, see what his opinion is. Dude, He's a track the, guy. I, I, I'm venturing to, to say that the guy that prepped the track on Monday and Tyler are probably going to have the same opinion because they both, uh, it, they both have seen it done. Uh, you know, Tyler mentioned on our show that he, he watched how they prepped, you know, for all intents and purposes, how they prepped his racetrack surface when they came into town for, you know, for the Virginia Nationals there at VMP after, after the Franklin family had, you know, taken over ownership. It, it, there is a method to the madness. 100%. And, you know, that's the, that's the and, problem and, you're going to have. There's so many asses in all these seats that you're never going to get. You're never going to get a black and white answer. There's too many gray areas, and that's my opinion on that. I mean, I and also, to extend, I guess, on my thinking or thoughts of it, is, you know, you have a lot of money on the line, right? There's championships. There's, there's we ownerships. There well, I'm just we saying. There so now? then... That's what I'm saying. There's too many things. They just have to make a decision and stick with it. And I say that uh, because Good, of situation, situations that I've been in with an HRA, um, that there wasn't really any knee-jerk reactions, which was, you know, things were decided after the fact. So I, they're going to make a decision and they're going to stick with it and they're really not going to probably go and change that. And that's and is that good or bad? I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just how they they run their model, and I we're all we're all agreeing to it because we're all playing in in the arena. So, I mean, it is what it is. That's all I can say about that. Is Pro Stock wrong for voicing their opinion? Absolutely not. Is NHRA wrong for making a decision? I don't think so. Was it the right decision? I can't answer that. Was it the wrong decision? Can't answer that either. It's just you're never going to get happy people. It's just that's just life. It's just like we talked about this the other day on like politics. Like it's just maybe this is one of those things along with religion and politics. You shouldn't talk about it. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. I was like, no, I want to talk about this no, right now. It's not. It, well, it's an it's a it's an expectation level, and that's you know let's let's take somebody. And let's use the the driver in question that's foremost out there. Let's talk about Jake. You know, here it is. It's Jake Coughlin. It's his, you know, his swan song year, his full-time pro stock. He's in the championship hunt. He's had a solid season. And he goes out here and he's got to shove the clutch in at a thousand foot because the car kicks sideways. And we're not, we're not talking about somebody that's got 25 or 30 laps underneath their belt in a pro stock car. I mean, we're, we're talking about Jed Coughlin for the love of God. But and it depends he, on which when, big picture you look at, though, because he's smart enough to do that. Absolutely. He's a hell of a driver, and he knows to put the clutch in if he's not comfortable. And I give him all the respect in the world for being in that situation, his swan song, his, his championship hunt, and he still put that clutch in because he didn't want to put himself into danger. And I think that's pretty cool. Well, and it is whether he lo- the, if he loses the championship over one round or whatever. Did he win this round? I don't know. Did he? No, he did not. Okay. Well, there you go. He's thirty. If I'm not mistaken, and my math could be wrong because they have not updated points, uh, you know, because of course the round's not over. But I think he's thirty-four points back. Thirty-four points. 
Yeah, you're nodding your head right now. You're going that that can no. be a swing right there. I mean, I mean yeah, you literally could but, say that round right there could cost him the championship. You're a hundred percent right. But there's already so many asterisks on this year, anyways, that it ain't gonna make a difference. Well, let me filter that right on out. Canaan filtration <laughs> technology you trust now in a washable, reusable mask. They're available in three colors, black, gray, and camo. Why do you want this? Because it's breathable, lightweight, and stay cool with pro cool technology. Adjustable straps for maximum comfort so you don't look like you got your ears chopped up around your eyeballs while you're wearing it. K&N's giving away 25 of these face masks just for signing up for their newsletter. How do you enter to get a free face mask? Go to racersandrentalcars.com, click on the logo, sign up for the newsletter, do it before October 31st, and you might get one of those new K&N masks for free. Again, racersandrentalcars.com, the K&N logo on the screen, sign up for the newsletter. K&N, taking care of us, taking care of you. Yeah. I so further, to, furthermore, further that, furthermore, I had, I had to furthermore, that nonsense this, uh, right out. <laughs> no, at the, at the end of the day, like I hate debating stuff like this because I like everybody in pro stock. I, as everybody pretty well knows me, I, there's not many people in the world that I don't like. I'm a pretty likable guy. So, you know, I, and I love the hell out of Jeg, you know, and I would love to see him win a championship on his final, on his final year. I think that'd be badass, you know, but taking the, the personal side out of it. Unfortunately, he might be, he's just a victim of circumstance, unfortunately. And I hate to say that, you know, because I, I love Jeg. I, I love pretty much everyone in pro stock. There's nobody that I haven't, that I haven't, that I haven't met or I have met that I don't like. Literally, there's like three people in the world that I just straight up have hatred for. Two of them don't even race, and and one of them is not a professional racer. So, yeah. Damn, your list is short. It is very short because I'm a pretty likable guy. You know, there's really only All one right. I just really despise out there in the world of drag racing, and it's not somebody that you would think it is. So. But well, I got, I'll leave that I, another maybe, maybe we'll maybe we need to have when we get our guests back on. Maybe we need to have our own WTF uh, Christmas card list as we roll into. T- we'll just we will close out 2020, just letting it fly on everybody and send those Christmas cards out. We'll see what happens for 2021. We'll get all the bad juju. We'll like we'll just like have this release, right? We'll have this purge. You and I'll have our hatred purge of people there you go and we will just vocalize it and we'll let them know exactly how it is and why we think that and we'll move on and maybe you and i will be better people in 2021 sure yeah probably not <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move you're let, let's move on to the big news on the racing side and and i will tell you that i went looking uh Earlier Monday, uh, was looking to try. And so if we have anybody out there that's listening that runs in the dirt track world, uh, like legitimate dirt track racing, I would like to know. We had the million dollar, the guaranteed million dollar bracket race that went on at Memphis that finished up on Monday. And I went looking, trying to find the largest paying 
dirt track, circle track, like grassroots style purse. And the most I could find was, was a 250 deal. And I don't think uh, that that was it because when it was coming up, I couldn't find results for it. So it was almost like it was a promoted event that never took place. So if there's anybody so here's out my there question. that had, Go ahead. Was it the guaranteed million-dollar purse or the guaranteed million-dollar winner? What were well, they advertising? No, guaranteed million-dollar purse. Purse. Yeah, from what I understand. Sure. It, well, and, and it doesn't matter from that standpoint because... No, it, it does matter. How much, did the, so. how much did the winner take home? That was up to the winner. I mean, look. You didn't on. answer my. You didn't answer my question. Uh, no, How that is the one thing. No, I, I, no, I can't answer your question, and it needs to be fair. But in the circle track world, there's an advertised purse based on places. In drag racing world, we have an advertised purse based on places. However, the difference between us and circle track racing is is that our races we make a re- we make a round. And we all come back and we have the opportunity to talk about it. It's not like in the circle track world, two to go. All right, everybody stop. Anybody want to split the purse? Who wants to kick back what here? Anybody? No, they don't. That doesn't happen in the circle track what world. Is that, what is it, that supposed to, is it? Okay, so that brings up a new discussion and argument or not argument, but debate. Should that even be allowed? Heck yeah, it should be allowed. Why? Dude, do we negotiate in business? Yes, we do. Here, I'll answer for you. I, 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 don't, I, know, I know you've been doing Bondo and everything over there, painting neon stripes. I, I, you, you, might have, you, know, you might have a little fume, uh, st- <laughs> <laughs> slight stutter going on over there. Yes. What, what do we always talk about? There's two things that we do in racing. It's entertainment and it's business. And there's negotiations that go on in both. And so if I'm in the staging lanes and it's big money and we're down to whatever, 20 car, 20 guys left, whatever. And somebody comes back and says, Hey, how about we, you know, we got, we got $1.1 million to split up. Okay. Anybody want to listen? Yeah, I'm listening. Cause I but just probably forked out here's what, 10 grand. Here's what, here's, yeah, I agree. Now, have I ever been in a situation where I've, I split a pot in bracket racing. Yes, I, I'm a victim of it. Yeah, I've done it too because you get to the point where you're like, well, shit, I could either go home broke as balls or I could go home with a sweet payday and pay my truck payment. I get it. I 100% get it. I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but there's one little part of me that kind of bothers me. I, I, I mean... I'm I'm there, still struggling to try to understand why this par- little part would bother you. Okay, the part the little part that bothers me is when he's standing in the winter circle and they're wearing the belts and the and the trophies and the and you're holding that big ass check. What's that big ass check say? Well, the big ass check says the same thing in NASCAR too, but the driver typically only takes home somewhere between five no, and ten percent or whatever that that team was. that team takes home that money. So somebody takes home that money. Well, they had the money. They split the money up. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand how this is a problem for you. You're killing me over here. Is this some West Coast way of thinking? I, what in the? No, it just bo- it just bothers me. 
that they didn't win a million dollars. So why does the check say a million dollars? The check should say 400000 or whatever the hell he ended up going home with. It should be blank. It shouldn't say a million dollars on it because he didn't win a million dollars. It's false advertising. Oh okay. Now, from an advertising marketing standpoint, I'll roll with you on that. Yes. That was... Do I understand why they do it? Have I been a victim of it? Have I done it myself? Absolutely. Do I understand why every single racer out there does it? You know, maybe not PJ because he don't split, so don't ask to make deals. Apparently, according to his songs, but <laughs> I'm telling you, I just, I just feel like it's false advertising to me because the guy that does not is not there, right? The guy that. My next door neighbor has no freaking idea what I do, right? So if there was a check hanging in my garage, that there probably will never be a check that says $1 million in my garage hanging on the wall. Sure, it would be nice, but it's probably never going to happen. But what I'm saying is, so if my neighbor walked over and was like, hey, man, what's up? Like, you know, do my, mind if I take a lemon off your tree? And he looks in the, and he looks in the garage and there's a million dollar check on the, they ask for lemons all the time. I don't know. Um, it, there's a million dollar check on the wall. He'd be like, damn, dude, this guy won a million bucks. I didn't win a million dollars. Well, wait a minute. Hold on. What about lottery winners? They always pose them on TV. If they took the lump sum, that's always reduced by 28% or whatever the freaking Because tax of taxes and shit. That, well, I mean, that's not I a viable guess. answer. Okay, so even if he even if he won a million bucks, he's not going to get a million bucks. I I mean I get it from your marketing standpoint, but that's all I'm saying. I, I think it's a great. I, I love all these races. I'm not talking crap on any of them. I love Peter, Kyle, the Cummins boys. I love everything that they're doing for the sport. The folks, whatever. Like that's the original million. I, but I will say, like, at least the million and all these other ones, it says they write in, you know, like at Peter and Kyle's race, like if you win the, what do they even call that? I'm losing it. The spring filling million, million or whatever. Yeah. yeah, they call it spring filling million. But it usually says on the check 258,000 or whatever they end up winning. But, okay. So here, let, let's, let's debate this for like another 45 seconds. <laughs> if, if I was a promoter and I'm putting on a guaranteed million winner, right? I'm putting on a million dollar race and there's going to be a million dollar winner. There will be no splits allowed. Do that would be think, badass. Do you think that your number of entrants is oh, hell going no. to go down? It's going down. Of course it is. Of course yep. it is. I mean, it, it's all a gimmick and, and it sells well. It's a great thing. Like, like you just said, you go to these races – and how much, like, everybody seemed to have two entries, right? So what was the entry? 3000 bucks. So you're $6,000 in the hole before you even started your car. You, you, had to get the 20, you, you had to get the 22 cars before I think they started the split. Yeah, so how many cars were there? Uh, there were well, look 400 at, Look at Chase, Huffman, Chase Huffman's dad. He went to round five, and he didn't get nothing. He lost a round before the split, so it was six round. You had to get to the six, lose in the sixth round to get money. That's like winning yeah. a division. And super comp it would be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. you got to win a divisional in order to even think about getting any cash. Yep. Because there was, there's no round money, right? No. Like you don't get like because I think at the 
at the fling, they do. I think it's after third yeah, round, they, you get a thousand bucks, yeah, give a each, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, mean I, I don't know. You can't I don't be know. upset. You can't. Be I'm not upset. upset. You're, I'm not upset, but he didn't win a million bucks. I'm just saying. You're you're sitting over there. I can't get you to get behind the fact of having a do over in freaking pro stock, but you're over there getting your freaking panties in a bunch about the guy didn't win a million dollars. Because he didn't win a million dollars. If he Dude, won a million dollars, I'm getting a two I, by I'm, four and I'm shipping it to you, FedEx. I am literally looking at the flyer right now as we speak, and it says. Guaranteed one million dollars to win. That's to win. Yeah. No. I mean, I mean that's. Oh, to win. Yeah, exactly. It depends yeah. on how you. Oh, it was there. Can you imagine? Like can you imagine if you're the guy? You come up. So let we're let's just say we that it's twenty two people, right? Twenty two racers. There are twenty two different racers. Nobody's doubled. You're all in the circle, and somebody goes, "All right, let's start. Let's talk about a split." And you're the guy that goes, <laughs> "Nah." I'm out. I'm not. I'm not John, who, who's the guy that uh, at the fling? He's last. Obviously, it wasn't this year, but last year maybe there was everybody was like all back, like waiting for the split, and homeboy just rolls right past them all. Might as well just told him to f off and just went to the straight of the front of the staging lanes. And the guy's like, "Hey, man, I'm not here to. I'm not here to give give away money. I already got to split somebody. This with somebody else because I don't even own this car." And I was like. Yeah. Wow. Touche. Again. Right. So I mean, I get it. Totally get it. So, but this okay. As as I'm looking at the flyer, it says third round. The fourth round win is three thousand bucks. So you get your entry back if you win. If you win fourth round, I wonder if that, or do they consider that (sighs) re-entry seven hundred dollars? So there you go. So yeah, you're not getting your money back. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just I, I mean don't be upset don't I'm be upset. not upset he just didn't win a million bucks oh god nonetheless was it the richest uh, paying was it the richest paying event yes it was it, it was the richest paying event I think uh, somebody else made a post about this on the payout between there and the S- SFG race with Cisco and I and I I got to go back. Somebody said that they're even that Sarah, Jeff Sahara, who won uh, the guaranteed million. I think he took home like four fifty. I think was the rumor uh, split, but that's, uh, don't get me wrong. It's still a great ass payday and, and major congrats to him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, And I, and I, again, I think it's all like all, badass for the sport i think it's all absolutely awesome. absolutely all awesome. ask the top field not champion at knocking. the end of the year how much he's getting it ain't 450 <laughs> big guy just exactly. saying yeah and langdon was there langdon was wheeling and dealing oh, yeah. he was trying if i, hey, if I had the to opportunity to be there you better believe i would have been there absolutely i just got to wrestle my my car back for my wife and go. then come up with thirty seven hundred dollars <laughs> to enter plus expenses <laughs> plus so, expenses yeah so pretty much I'd be like freaking 10 grand in the hole before I even got there. Yeah. <clears throat> That's it. All right. So I want to talk about what I consider a little an additional history making that went on this weekend in the world of NASCAR and marketing. And NASCAR ran the Roval both Saturday and Sunday 
in the rain. They started in the rain with a wet racetrack on Sunday with the NASCAR uh, level cars. But on Saturday, they ran the Xfinity race. And for what, for me being from North Carolina, what I would consider, consider monsoon like conditions for me being from North Carolina, as I saw the rain, that it seemed like it was raining sideways, um, which is monsoon like conditions for North Carolina. How about racing in the rain? I thought it was awesome. They had windshield wipers. Some of them worked. Some of them didn't. They were running rain tires, and they were putting slicks on. I mean, top-tier drivers sliding off the racetracks, wrecking into marketing signs. I mean, it was it was an awesome event to watch. I thought it was great uh, that it took place. And uh, I think it, that was probably a history-changing event for for NASCAR in the coming in the coming future. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. I any time that you can get out there and and make light of of a awkward rainout situation, whatever it is, I think it's it's really cool. Like a lot of golf, didn't they do that at the Guaranteed Million? They had a golf cart race. Yes. Yeah. In the rain. Hell yeah, they did. Did you see the did you see the thing? Yes, poor poor Jay the poor kid. kid. <laughs> yep. Yep. Easton, I, I know it. your dad probably doesn't it. listen to this podcast because he has his own, but nonetheless, Easton, yeah. you're a champ in my book, kid. You took that face mac to the windshield <laughs> like a champ. And if he didn't buy you Waffle House after that, dang it. I don't know what else you gotta do, kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh absolutely. man but yeah no they're do, doing things like that i think it's going to change for nascar i think it's going to be huge with the roval and nascar road courses there's six of them uh next year hoping to have our friend ryan barry back from stewart haas racing i talked to him earlier this week because that was a huge deal last week with clint boyer announcing his retirement and moving off to the fox booth but hopefully we'll have Ryan on as we head into the winter because he said they are as busy as they possibly can be over at Stuart Haas Racing with everything that's going on. And just to give a little NASCAR update, and I probably should go back and look at my notes, but do you remember off the top of your head who I told you Kyle Larson was going to end up driving for in 2021? Wasn't it Tony Stewart? I, I did initially say that, and I and after the past couple of weeks, or Hendrick, uh, right? Big, yeah, I think that's he's gonna. I think he's gonna end up at Rick Hendrick. Uh, now that they moved Alex Bowman over the Jimmy Johnson car with Ally, I think that uh, Kyle Larson is gonna end up over there. But I still think that's not an announcement <laughs> that we're gonna hear anytime soon. Um, well, yeah, they're so going to continue to play it until they can get all the publicity out of it. As they, as I much told, as they can. I mean, hey, how about the kid, Kyle Larson? Not, I mean, I love talking about him, honestly, because he is out there quietly, not, not cheering himself on. Everybody else is doing it for him. But he has a winning percentage right now of 500 in dirt track events for, since he left NASCAR this year. He has a winning percentage of 500. Dude, the guy's he a machine. straps in a car. Oh, dude, what do you think today? I'm winning. <laughs> you can't argue with him because 50% of the time, he's freaking right. 
I mean, that's just wrong. amazing. No. So, yeah. So, that's, uh, that's going to be pretty awesome. 60% of the time, it works all the time. Oh, my God. That's pretty awesome. But nonetheless. But that being said, moving on in. Moving on into our Manscaped moment. Dude. Let me guess. Kyle out there. No. I was giving it to you in the MP. The MP Express for your uh, ride through the desert. Figured you had some hot, sweaty going on over there. I and did. And I was actually wearing my man. crop mop. I, using, <laughs> I did have to. As a matter of fact, I did use the crop mop. And I did have my Manscaped boxers on at the time. And I did end up on my lid again in the desert. So Shocker. Yeah. It was a good time. We uh, drove the wheels off the bitch, literally. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. But, yes, I did. I, I, I feel honored. I got the Manscaped moment of the week. But, yes, I did use, before I got there, Lawnmower 3.0 package, got it all dialed in, and then crop mops were in full force at state line. So that was pretty cool. And thanks to Manscaped.com for doing all that stuff, sending us, getting us dialed in. And you can be dialed in just as well if you go to Manscaped.com. Use the RIRC promo code. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. Pretty cool setup. Your girlfriend will thank us. Well, and as we are moving closer to the No Shave November coming up pretty soon, make sure that you uh, think about manscaped.com. They're 20% off. Use the code RIRC. They donate money to Mm. our favorite charity as males for testicular cancer research. So make sure to think about that in the month of November. Check out manscaped.com, R-I-R-C. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping with the perfect package. All right, Cam, got to talk a little bit about the marketing world right now. We've We've got a lot going on. That's starting early in October now, since we're not going to have PRI, we're not having SEMA show. We have a lot of different motorsports agencies, publications, and organizations that are out there and providing different services. Uh, want to give a shout out to Dr. Jamie Meyer and his team at PRI as they hit the road this week, as they're traveling for the next, I think it's 10 weeks. They're traveling across the country, stopping into all these different industry uh, companies, locations, services, products, and they're basically doing it social media wise. They're doing some video. They kicked the week off over at DSR, uh, made a couple stops, Lucas Oil Raceway. They, so do, do our world a favor in the world of motorsports. If you're out there, follow them. I think it's my PRI show on Instagram and PRI on Facebook. So follow along with Dr. Meyer and his team as they are out there in a Sprinter van going to travel the country and bring us a virtual, I guess you could say virtual replacement of the PRI show for 2020. So I want to talk about that. And then with that, I want to talk about Hall Tech. You got Hall Tech on the car coming up here uh, this week. And uh, I did have Hall Tech on. Oh, Hall Tech won't be back this week. I didn't get the memo. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. But uh, that was just kind of a one, onesie twosie thing. Uh, maybe for Vegas, we'll see. 
So, but what would you like to now know? Ve- Vegas would be good. Vegas would be good. Now, but yes, it was good. a cool. I, it was it was a cool opportunity to have somebody that uh, has never been in the in the top fuel nitro world, and it was a great market for them because they're they're big in Florida and they were super psyched on the whole on the whole deal. And uh, thank you very much to them and uh, High Five Energy for even allowing me to get out there to Gainesville and race. So. I, I greatly appreciate it, and hopefully we can do some more for them, and and you know keep myself out on the racetrack. As as I told somebody in a different podcast today, it, it takes it takes a village for this stuff to happen, and it's it's really like people just don't get it. Like they just they think it's just show up and drive this thing, and there's so much work that goes on behind the scenes aside from your everyday grind of of making a living in order to to get to step onto the, the gas of a nitro car. So um, I really appreciate all the, the brands and companies and people and and what it takes to, to, to do this stuff, and I hope to be able to do it a lot more in 2021. Well, Cam, I know you're absolutely right when it comes to talking about it takes a village. There's no, there's no, no shortage of the village when it comes to keeping us racing. That is for sure. Uh Cam, I was looking back through my emails here. We had somebody email in about a question in regards to sponsors and what we would do to maintain them. And I'm trying to find it, and I can't find it. I bet you I could race you and beat you and find it. Well, you find it. You You look for it, and I'm going to talk about uh, Megan Meyer. Oh, speak, her- speak. Well, before you do that, speaking of of hate mail, I did wanna, I did wanna put this out there. Um, they appreciated the person that that emailed about about the the raffle situation. Oh yes, at St. Yes, Louis. Yes. They said I did not realize the raffle was for draw, and it makes way more sense. I'm an asshole, but not that big of an asshole um, that I would have a problem <laughs> with that. Um, I am a nobody, but still appreciate being anonymous for an incorrect statement. <laughs> but I would still cast the weekend as the what the fuck nationals. So yes, yes, that was the WTF nationals. That's still continuing to be the WTF nationals. If you're a pro stock fan, so. But yes, that was uh, that was pretty funny. And what else? Where where is it? Well, I'm trying to find, find it that. You find that I'll email. Find I want to talk about Megan Meyer and her social media course that she has going on. And, folks, this week on Driven by Social, I stopped by and checked out the module on media assets. And I'm going to tell you that Megan dropped a little bit of know-how and some knowledge in regards to filming, filming and editing and taking some photos. And she threw out a few other apps and so forth that she uses. So that was a huge deal. I thought it was very helpful, I think, for people out there. If if you're on the fence, uh, head over to MeganMeyer.com and check out her Driven by Social. You can enter RIRC and save yourself 20% off on her course. Go through it. It's, uh, It's your own pace. You can go back. I think I think it will be very helpful for anyone, regardless of what level you may be in your journey as you're trying to improve your own brand image. So stop over to Driven by Social, Megan Meyer, 
R I R C. Get yourself twenty percent off of it. All right. Did you find it? Okay, I found it. I found All it. All right, read it out. Okay, it says. Hey guys, I love the podcast. I love all the great insight and info. One topic I would like you guys to touch on and give your opinion on is the following. When your marketing director or contact moves on from the company, gets promoted or fired, etc., how do you proceed with meeting the new person in charge or build building that relationship with them? Uh, nowadays, with all the COVID stuff, it seems a, a lot of the marketing contacts are either being laid off or let go. I uh, just wanted to get your opinion on the subject. Keep up the great work. I enjoy the listen. That is a very, 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 very good question because I'm a very firm believer in networking and making the relationship and solidifying the relationship with the person that's making the decisions. And then if they do move on or get laid off, that has nothing to do with you other than you're like, ah, oh, crap, now what? That... I guess would be the biggest thing to make sure that you have a contract in case such a thing like that happens. Don, you have a lot of big sponsors that you have contracts with, so you may be able to elaborate on that part. But in my opinion, it's just you got to reach out, hit up, hit them up, maybe a Skype call, Zoom call, whatever. Um, offer to go down, meet with them. Maybe if they're going to a local track or whatever. But yes, if they're if a lot of the marketing companies are laying off the people that are making those decisions, that's probably a pretty good indication that you might be next. Uh, not any doings of you. It's just more so lack of, you know, victim of circumstance just because of the COVID life. Uh, hashtag COVID life, I guess. Um, so you're just going to have to do everything you possibly can to set yourself out from the next person. Try to start making that relationship and, get a grasp on on who's make, making those decisions if it's one or multiple people reach out to all of them you know you always want to these companies they want you to be a face to their company so you should basically know a lot more people than just the marketing person within that company as well and for something like this that would be a good thing to to always have is somebody else within the company say hey steve Steve got laid off, but, you know, hey, Mark, I just reaching out. Like, who do I talk to now? Like, do you mind if I CC you on the email that I, in there, hey, you know, Steve told me to, to hit you up. I used to work with so-and-so. I know they're gone now. I'd love to set something up and chat with you. So that would be my opinion on how to combat that situation. But very good question. Yeah, I totally agree. It's not actually going through it. Right now, not from the fact of a marketing director leaving, but just from the COVID impact on certain companies. And that's, I will tell you, psychologically, um, it's one of the worst things to try to deal with when you know that you've done everything that you possibly can to, to do your best for a company and you've succeeded and they can't tell you one thing that you've done wrong. Uh, or could have done to change their mind. They're just, they have to make business decisions uh, that it, it, sometimes leave you on the outside uh, and there's there's just nothing you can do. Now, as far as contracting uh, for individuals, yeah, it's, it's a good thing to uh, make sure that you've got a clause in there, right? So you don't want to, you don't want to handcuff a company 
to the fact that they've got to they've got to have a relationship with you when they go through a leadership change. But you want to have you want to give them something and and also have your opportunity as well uh, to get through that period. So whether it's you know like a a hold and wait period of six months or or whatever the case, so that they can evaluate you and you can evaluate them relationship wise so that you can continue forward. Um, that way the company doesn't feel like you're handcuffing them. They've got a way out if they're just not happy or it's not their cup of tea uh, to be involved in motorsports. Uh, because, I mean, let's face it, every marketing person that comes into a company, they've, they're coming in because there's something about what they do or what they pitched to the board or the HR or whoever it may be that that company was looking for in their strategy to move forward. So if they come in and they're into ice skating and they don't really like motorsports because they're, you know, they're into the environment and, and so forth and saving the whales or whatever the case may be, that may not be, you, you may be the very first thing on the chopping block uh, when, when they sit down and look at the strategy that's currently in place. So you have to give yourself an opportunity, like Cam said, to, be able to impact them or have other people within the company said, whoa, wait, Bill, don't get rid of Cam yet. You know, he did a really good job helping us navigate this social media platform or into this social media group. Uh, or he's got a B2B tie for us that we really, you know, we're utilizing that saved us, you know, five or 10% on expenses or labor or whatever the case may be. But you've got to give them an out. So that you can say that, you know, you are a team player. You, you want to be involved to the, to the end. Uh, you can't just, you know, harbor it all in for yourself and, and handcuff them to where, uh, they look at you as far as being a threat, not an asset. Absolutely. And that very well be, with that being said, I know a lot of the, the issues out in the world are people are losing sponsors left and right, but you may not have heard this, but I'll bring this up since I'm a motocross nerd, but factory connection Honda actually, which was also known as Geico Honda, which is one of the biggest 250 teams on the planet. Been around for like 20 years. They've been sponsored by Geico for literally, I think 15 of the 20 years uh, just announced that they're closing their doors as of yesterday uh, because Geico informed them that they were not returning as a sponsor. And it was a very large seven figure situation and they were informed in august that uh yeah they were they were done that they weren't coming back to motocross or supercross which basically i mean there's probably tons of people that work for this company not only riders but what's crazy is a lot of the riders still had contracts like they were had contracts for two and three years for the team and they're now null and void because they they shut the doors so a lot of these guys that thought that they were making you know a good ass living making three four hundred thousand dollars a year riding a supercross uh not anymore so they're all out pounding the pavement to get rides for next year i mean they had a little bit of time i mean right now it's kind of their silly season on the dirt bike side so but still it's pretty crazy to hear geico pulling out like that's a big deal like that's very very large situation like i said they they've won tons of championships tons of they have some of the greatest riders out there and, and all that stuff. So it's really sad to see even more sponsorship doom and gloom out that's, there. But that's yeah. interesting based off of the fact that, you know, Geico 
uh, told Jermaine Racing, who Ty Dillon drove for in the NASCAR earlier in the fall, or early, I should say, like late summer, early fall, August, same time frame. Hey, we're not coming back. So now Geico is a as a split primary partner in NASCAR, but now they're out of Supercross. That's very interesting. There's a lot of companies that are citing, you know, travel, uh, you know, commutes and so forth. The the automobile, you know, more people are telecommuting. They're working from home. They're not traveling. Oh yeah, there's they're uh, not they're not putting in claims. Yeah, so there's no a lot. Man. Yeah, that, there's a lot going on. Uh, all we can hope for is that that it brings in other companies uh, to to be involved in motorsports. And maybe it is now that you're just, you know, you're going to start piecemealing your programs together and it's going to be regional-based uh, as you move forward. But that being said, it's race weekend. Everyone, Flow Sports has teamed up with Racers and Rental Cars. Go over to racersandrentalcars.com. Click on the Flow Sports logo. When you sign up, you'll save a little money. And there is plenty of racing going on this week. If you're in the radio scene, no mercies taking place this weekend. There is dirt track races galore. There's 25 of them listed here. I am not going to rattle them off. So if you're a circle track wing sprint, 410 sprint, non-wing sprint, mini, super late model, if there's a dirt track class, it's, it's on here for Flow Sports this weekend. You can go see if Kyle Larson can keep up his streak as he continues to do nothing but win. So that being said, Cam, I know you are getting on an airplane and flying to Dallas where everything's bigger. So let's hope that the your big success D. this week. Yeah, let's hope that your success this weekend is bigger than it was in Gatorville. Yes, I, I hope so. I'll be driving the Terry Attic Racing top fuel car and I'm really excited because my wife is coming with me. We're having a little uh, baby moon at the Dallas racetrack, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, Grandma and Grandpa uh, are going to watch Jet, and Angie's chomping at the bit to get to the racetrack. So um, it'll be cool to have her there, and yeah, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, there's only 15 cars, so we'll be qualified, but we'll see what happens in eliminations and, and kind of go from there. Excited to step on the gas again, and we'll see what happens. Well, put five foot nothing's ass to work. <laughs> put her to work. Tell, yeah. tell her this ain't no vacation. We work at the racetrack. I don't know what the heck she's thinking. No kidding. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, ki- well, Cam, she thinks it's all I'm rainbows and unicorns. Why are you so tired? It is, it is rainbows and unicorns. I'm going to be sitting back watching you on NHRA.TV this weekend, flipping in between on my Flow Sports app as I'm still... Counting days, counting days, my friend, counting days. No, not for my dog to die, but nonetheless, I'm counting days. <laughs> Count, keep counting, buddy. Keep counting. I am. Get us out of here, Cam. Good luck to you this weekend. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you to everybody that makes this uh, podcast happen. Uh, Voice America Streaming Network, racersandrentalcars.com for all of your goodies needs such as manscape knn cbd md motion race works things of that nature flow sports if you're interested in any of that stuff log on to racers and rental cars.com check it out or shoot us a hate mail at racers and rental cars.com and you know we'll we'll bring it up on the show and talk some ish 
some more. Thanks for listening to this episode, and I will see you all in Dallas. Later. See you. Thank you for downloading this episode of Racers and Rental Cars. This episode has been brought to you in part by Streetway Marketing and Media, Voice America for all of your podcasting needs, K&N Air Filters, Manscaped.com, CBDMD, Motion Raceworks, and LB Trailer Sales. Be sure to use the RIRC promo code at any of the listed sponsors. We appre- they appreciate your business, and we'll see you next week.